flashing. I am bone rise up, ting ting like glitter and gold. I got fire in my soul, rise up, ting ting like glitter. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. One fifty-six in Podcastville. Um, solo today. God, do I have an interview? A lot of interviews to uh, do this week. Some friends from Lords tomorrow. Um, an interview, a guest I've been chasing down for weeks on Friday. Um, I can understand why that person has been so busy, and I might not be so high on her list, but she and um, her media person will be in studio on Friday to record a podcast. Um, there are some fun things to get to. Uh, and I actually had been wondering um, this morning, knowing Alex had something to do for work. We usually have a lot to talk about. Sorry, uh, hitting buttons in the studio. We usually have a lot to talk about to catch up with one another and all the things that may or may not have happened over the weekend. And I want to give you, uh, in a couple of minutes, second up, a 2015 feeling that I had not felt in quite some time. Uh, but I was up early this morning, 3.17 to be exact. And then I skimmed through the blade and saw there was kind of a, a violent, deadly weekend in a variety of ways in the area. A terrible accident. A guy wouldn't put a knife down. He got shot. I see he's in critical uh, condition. I think another pedestrian was hit during a police chase. God, it's like we're back six months or so ago. Um I was wondering what we were going to talk about today here on the podcast. I never would have guessed that my heart would be shaken with some news that I came across. Uh, There's a a good dude, a photographer. Uh, He's been on the podcast before, Dougie Fresh. And we'll start with this somber news and then we'll we'll get to the other content here. Because again, I was not planning on having such a heavy thing to start. So uh, Doug had a Doug put, puts he does blog posts on Instagram posts, which I have no issue with whatsoever. Um, and as I'm reading it or skimming through, I'm like, I, I know that the, he was around um, the situation when it happened when that little girl was killed a couple of weeks ago in the Old West End. And I know this has hit Doug really hard. Um, and I thought he was still feeling the effects in this post. And I read through it a little bit more, and I see it wasn't that little girl at all. It was the daughter of Matt Killam. Um, Matt is the director of marketing, fun, outreach for the Metro Parks. Um, Two months ago, we're in that area, maybe a a little bit longer than that. Time has obviously been weird. Uh, Sometime late last year, I got an email to my my personal email account. Um, Not the work one. It said, hey, Eric do stuff at the Metro Parks, would love to get together with you and talk about mental health. Um, We started exchanging emails. He he apologized for not reaching out sooner. Um, I apologized for not connecting sooner, having two years ago, encourage you to get to the mental health, uh, to get to the Metro Parks because the world was falling apart and we couldn't go to gyms or anything like that. So the park is a great place to go. Um, Matt's daughter passed away. Uh, Sometime in the last week, she was young, I believe five or six years old. Uh, That was the post from Doug and also my very good friend, Alex Getz, uh, who knows Matt really well. I reached out to Alex and asked what the hell was going on. And it was as sad as what I had come across. Uh, I believe their services today are uh, 
whatever goes along with, with a tragic situation like that here today. And I was hesitant to reach out to Matt. And I'll tell you why that I'm a little stammered here in a second. I'll explain this relationship. Um, Alex didn't know what to say. I, I am often not good in these types of situations. Maybe I'm too literal. Whatever. Um, but I say follow your instinct. And my, my, my instinct said, send the guy a text message and let him know that you're here, I'm here for whatever. Um, and I was stunned but happy that he was able to reply. Um, and if I can do anything, um, I will. Her name was Lucy. And let me give you this today. Alex wrote a really long post on Facebook. Um, and if you can do anything for the Metro Parks, there's a, a place you can donate in her honor. Uh, or you just keep an eye out for social media posts or see the hashtag for you, for us, for Lucy. Just a terrible, terrible situation. And it hits me hard because uh, when I finally caught up with Matt, he, he had joked that he was trying to die on me. He got a really nasty bout of COVID. Um... Thankfully, he, he beat it, and we were able to catch up. And we had a very long meeting, much longer than I expected at SIP when we first met. You know, there are very few people who I instantaneously connect with. Um, not only professionally, like we're on the same page, like we're in this for Toledo, uh, but also personally. In fact, I had come to an inflection point in how... I can maintain my happiness sometime in the middle of July, uh, January. And one of the first people I called, so I'd known Matt six weeks at most. Um, one of the first people I called to ask a really short and long-term professional question was Matt. And uh, he was really excited and he was the first person that said, let's let's chat about this. And we did. And we got even more on the same page. Um, forget about the professional aspect of it. It should never happen to anybody, especially somebody who is such a good person here in our community. Um, there are a lot of people who do Toledo first and don't think of anything but everyone else. And from what I've gathered and the electricity that would course through me when I would connect with Matt, it only happens with people who put everybody else first. And it's awful when this happens to someone like that. You, Even as someone who is not very religious or God-fearing like me, we all ask the same question. Why did this person? So... Um, one more time, that hashtag for you, for us, for Lucy. And if you don't already know him, please think about uh, Matt Killam, who is one of the fine people in our community. And again, I, I he and I couldn't stop apologizing to one another for me for not reaching out to him, for him for not reaching out to me. But it is um, it's a reason why our metro parks are why our metro parks are so damn beloved. Uh, they're not just trees and great places to go. There are people behind these things. And Matt is one of those great people. All right, we'll move on. Um, I had a 2015 feeling over the weekend, something I hadn't felt in like seven years. Can you remember the first show, probably original programming, on Netflix that you had a 
well, what was likely a, you binged it, and a very short-term but intense and passionate relationship. Um, my journey to Netflix was later than most. I don't think I subscribed until like 2014. I got into watching um, Arrow, the CW show. And once I ran through what was available on the CW app, I'm like, well, I should be like the rest of humanity and get Netflix. And I signed up and I got Netflix. And um, there was no, actually, um, I I went back and watched House of Cards. So when I ask you what show did you have this relationship with, not something that you went back on like I did with House of Cards and watched like the first two seasons and then waited for it to, it to get current. Uh, because I had like literally I was fatigued from watching so many shows and this was back in the era of 13 episode seasons that doesn't happen anymore um my show was was Daredevil he is um my second favorite superhero dark um troubled conflicted violent lots of uh comparisons to Batman it's gonna be a very big month for me I've got Batman Moon Knight, also dark, conflicted, seriously unwell with mental health, and uh, and Captain Picard. Don't ruin my superhero nerdy month of, of March. So I remember when that show finally hit in 2015, like with you and your shows, when something comes out that you're really looking forward to, you blow through it. But it, it's kind of like a relationship, like a fling, right? We've all been there. Um, and at least to me, this is more painful than departing a relationship. At least for me, when I depart a relationship, I'm often the one who has left it first. And when you leave a relationship, it's it's gradual. Um, you're like, ah, I don't know if this is working out. I'm trying, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a little more. Then it doesn't. You take baby steps out of it, and eventually you, you end it. But when it's like a fling, especially like a, an intense, passionate weekend fling, like with a person, I have often been like, well... Why I don't they want to be with me anymore? It it, it, it troubles you. Um, it really gets at your heart and your mind. There have been many times, maybe this was just because I wasn't properly medicated. I'm like, we had all that fun, and now it's over? Like, don't call the... Okay. Um, I had that with Daredevil, and I had that over the weekend. Not with a person. I would have really enjoyed it with a person. But it was with a show. For the first time in a long time, a Netflix original show was on. And I had that binging, can't go to sleep, can't wait to wake up to finish this. And then the literal sadness after it's over. Um, and I hadn't felt that probably since, since Daredevil at first. But likely over other Netflix shows, but that's the first one that comes to mind where you, you, that was 13 episodes. You started on Friday when I, when I got done work, like sometime 12, one o'clock back in, back in those days, wrapped it up Sunday afternoon. You're like, ah, well now what do I do till the next season comes out? Huh? You, you have, you're missing a part of you. I had that this weekend with Valhalla which is something that you're probably familiar with. Not the show, but the word. It's uh, it's Viking heaven. I'll be real short with this. The show was fantastic. Uh, five, six, maybe seven years ago, I went out with a girl, and uh, she had suggested, uh, I guess we were talking shows, and she's like, do you watch Vikings? I'm like, nope, no, I don't. Um, she got me into it, 
it was on the History Channel, which is probably why it was off my radar. I don't watch the History Channel. It's documentaries. Like She's like, no, this is, this is like Game of Thrones kind of thing. I fell in love with it. Um, it is one of my favorite shows of the last decade, and I am not being hyperbolic. It is one of the best shows you have not watched over the last 10 years. Vikings. So I'm going to spoil this a little bit. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, Game of Thrones had complex plots, and the people were not so complex. Vikings was the opposite for me. The plots were Vikings against the Christians. But the people were enchanting and complex and morally conflicted. It was just, it was a wonderful show. You think for just the sheer brutality of Vikings trying to take on Christians and vice versa, um, you think it would be, it wouldn't be so complex, but it really was to watch the one character, the centerpiece character of the show go through all these moral difficulties. And then meanwhile, there was some, there was a lot of sex and brutal, brutal. Can't believe I'm seeing this on TV, violence and blood. Um, Spoiler, anybody that would look up Wikipedia during a show like this, you will see that, oh shoot, Ragnar dies and his sons try to continue the legacy. In the show, at least for me, well, when it was leading up to Ragnar's death, which was a sad moment for me. I think I teared up a little bit with the way that it happened. The guy that had him killed was even sad because I think it was a king of England. They had grown up a loving brotherhood between one another. They're like, well, I like this show, so I'll keep watching, but I'm going to be a little leery. And my fear came to fruition. Just without that charismatic, magnetic character, Ragnar, and I'm still stunned that Travis Fimmel, the character, nor Catherine Winnick, who you might know a little bit of, and was in the news this weekend, I believe she's from Ukraine, that neither of them have become big, bigger stars than what they were on Vikings. I'm a little surprised by it. Get better agents? But after Ragnar was killed by the King of England, I'm sure that's who it was, played by Linus Roach. What was he from? The Dark Knight trilogies, Thomas Wayne, and also on Law and Order. Um, their relationship in this show was the best thing, even beyond the sex and the bloody violence. But yeah, following his sons, trying to, to live in his footsteps, to remove themselves from their shadow, not interesting to me. So again, um, when's the last time you watched the show and you felt sadness afterwards? Not from the show's plot, but simply because that intense, what? 36-hour relationship, that fling that you were invested in emotionally, just because of the, the, the sheer intensity of it, it's over. Now what? How do I go back to the Clone Wars, which is what I'll do? A couple of other things. I thank Jaden for having me on his Saturday morning show. Um, I had done this leading up to the weekend, but also he opened it with, uh, with saying uh, that I was his friend and I thought I might be, but Jaden is very hard to read. Um, he is almost always on with his journalism antenna, um, and he's he is a he is a savant. He is a prodigy. He is a genius. Um, so it was a little hard to read whether or not we were friends. And the last thing I wanted 
to be, and I, I have this relationship, this friendship with his mom, so she knows that, but I'm always leery because since he has come to the spotlight, I'm sure there were, there have been people in his life, and it seems like uh, his mom and his dad, Gloria, grandma, have done a great job keeping these kind of sycophants, sycophants out. Um, I never wanted to be viewed as somebody who was just hanging on to the popular kid. Oh, the radio guy's trying to lift himself up on the uh, on, on on the popular kid, um, who has become glo- nationally famous. So I don't. Not that that was the case, but a fear in the back of my head. So when he said I was his friend, that that was important to me. Um, I saw that the uh, the BG and UT football schedules were released. Doesn't mean much to me, but I did read a hell of a rant today from David Briggs, the sports columnist for the Blade. He's been on the show before. Uh, David is not happy at all that once again, once again, the battle for I seventy five will be a midweek. November night game. Uh, for weather reasons alone, it's a lot to get people out for that. I know some of those evenings, I, I remember being on the air saying, if you're going to the game, stay warm. Now you're talking like 20-something degrees maybe for several, for three, four, five hours. Uh, David is very displeased that he calls that game a public trust should be on the weekend when more people have the opportunity to take advantage of it. People who literally pay taxes and invest in communities for solely maybe that game or those programs to have to maybe take off the next day, leave work early that day, um, and he would much prefer that game be on a weekend. I get that. Makes sense. Uh, For the first time, I think in the history of my TikTok account, um, thanks to my good friend, Matt, who I do meal preps for me with. Together, we have collaborated. I wrote the storyline. He did the video editing. And I, I think, have a pretty incredible TikTok for you to watch. So, our chef, um, we have a good time. It's, Matt will, will continue to try to tell me it's, it's fun. I will tell him it's not fun. I'm like, it's, we're working. It's not fun. I'm just giving him a hard time and it's a good back and forth. And, you know, we could be changing tarantula diapers and it would be a good time because of the camaraderie that everybody has doing all this. Lots of teasing, good fun, all good natured, all good stuff. So I started coming up with these stories for Monica, the chef, as to how she created these recipes. Um, for instance, you might have seen my post. So meatloaf came back to the menu, and the backstory was the backstory. Sorry, the backstory that I made up was um, Monica's husband uh, had proposed to her with the the meatloaf song. I will do anything for love. I don't know anything about that song. I mean, that sounds like a it's a a big thing. Like I will do anything for love, and he says I won't do that. Right. Well, Monica's husband proposed to her with the meatloaf song. And um, they have been happily married ever since. And since Meatloaf had recently, the singer had passed, um, Monica fought through tears and with a very sad return, but symbolic as of their relationship, Meatloaf returned to the meal preps for me menu. As Monica was able to push through every single slice of meat to get that back out on the menu. Um, she pushed through the emotions that she had with her husband and the tears so that she could share those with customers. 
Well, uh, there's Cajun Chicken Alfredo, which I have called the Tears of Remy. Um, and I think we'll we'll do more videos of behind the recipe with Monica. Well, actually, it's behind the recipe of Monica's with Eric. That's obviously not how the meatloaf came to the menu, but it makes for a fun story. What else? Um, was this... So I, for a minute, speaking of things we've watched... Um, I, I got hooked on Naked and Afraid, and then it got to be repetitive. But I think it's a nice, maybe I should ask people in the podcast, if you were on Naked and Afraid, you know they let you take one item, I think most people take a knife or like matches, what's the one item you would take? And I always wonder, like I see, oh, Southview's, did I say it? Southview's football coach was on the season premiere of Naked and Afraid last night, Jeremy Rowe. I think I have this confirmed. So, uh, one, what item would you take? Two, how long would you last? I look at this two ways. Um, I would die within an hour, maybe from my anxiety. When I was into this, it wasn't, my anxiety wasn't managed well enough. Now, if I got bit by something that I'd have to look up, uh, or had like long fangs, or had more than eight legs. I would be, and if nothing happened right away, if nothing blew up, got red, fell off, maybe I can go. I can do this. I am probably more resourceful than I give myself credit for. Um, and it's a good way to lose weight, right? So one of two things would happen: I would either win or be dead in an hour. How about you? Uh, Montpelier in Ohio. That's how we say the Vermont one, right? Or Montpelier. Uh, Montpelier has won for the fifth time best tap water in the country. That's an interesting. That's an interesting thing to win. I remember when I was growing up, um, my mom began to get us a, wa- a water filter, like before I was even double digit years old, because Philadelphia tap water was always known for having chemicals, fluoride. There was an extra aftertaste in it. My mom's like, we're done with this. We're just going to drink filtered water and bottled water. Um, That is my story about tap water. And one last thing to get to here. Um, This is with the Russia-Ukraine stuff. It was fascinating to watch. I tweeted this a little bit. It seems like um, Russia has not asserted itself, as you might think, for a country of its size, for, I guess, a variety of reasons. Um, It is very... I read about something called the stability-instability paradox of nuclear war. Kind of fascinating. Because they have nuclear warheads, um, just having them means you won't use them. Read up on that. It was was quite fascinating. Again, it's a paradox, so I found it interesting, and you might as well, and let Wikipedia explain that better. Having them means you won't use them, so um, I guess, and we're not going to get involved. Something about uh, 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 Germany arming itself and, and Sweden no longer being neutral and joining NATO, and these are just, you know, quick things I'm, I'm reading through all this. But over the weekend with Russia, not going for a fast, dominant victory, I'm like, huh. It felt like I was reading something from three weeks from now, like March Madness stuff. Ukraine, the plucky 14 seed. Russia, the Duke or Kentucky or UCLA, Syracuse, North Carolina, you know, 
number three seed, though maybe overseeded. Like maybe they should be more like a five or a six seed. But here we are, Russia ranked number three, Ukraine ranked number 14, and we are halfway through the second half, and Ukraine is giving Russia a hell of a fight. Oh, we should also be careful. I've tried to be up to last week. Like this, when we say Russia, like we're demonizing the people of that country, which is what, like 150 million? Um, I don't know how many of those people, and it might be every single one of them, might be against Putin. We'll just never know because the Russian government will never let us know that their president is disliked, completely disliked perhaps. So I'm careful when I'm saying it's, it's Putin or the Russian government, not the Russian people, whom in a way we might be punishing with all these boycotts you might have seen over the weekend, even places here. Not selling, I think the, the governor came out and said, we're going to stop selling Russian vodka. Well, I'm sure there's workarounds for that, and I'm sure it's symbolic more than anything, but doesn't that potentially hurt the right, and, and I, my geopolitics here and my geoeconomics might be way off. Like I said, it just might be a symbolic thing to get more people on board to recognize what's going on and why we should support Ukraine, whose president, by the way, is a former actor and comedian. And I believe he voiced Paddington at one point. But if we do this boycott, aren't we hurting the Russian people? I guess. Um, okay, well, then the Russian people will speak up against Putin and say, stop the war. I don't, for the same reason I just said, I don't know if we'll ever know whether the Russian people like or dislike Putin. I don't think he cares if his people are suffering because there are <laughs> there are food and beverage bans on, on Russian products. I mean, like I said Friday, this might have been the most profound thing I said. This is not a rational man. Like, I had no, now, I had no idea. He's like the same age as my dad. He's 70-something. He looks good for his age. I'm sure of that as he has his own makeup person so that he looks like a young, powerful man to exude that type of machismo to scare people and to go on with this feeling that he is a bold, unstoppable leader. But he is a, he is a fanatical zealot I don't think he cares much if his people suffer because there are Russian vodka bands around the country. As I read, he's trying to cement his legacy, and that's to rebuild some of what Russia was. And I will leave the geopolitical opinions right there because I don't want opinions to cross with any facts that I may get wrong. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, and please, if you can in any way, even if it's just, it's been nice today, go take a walk in a metro park. Please, I don't ask this ever. Um, put Matt Killam, who's a great person in our community. Um, he is an integral part as to why our metro parks are such a phenomenal part of the community. Uh, please put him and his family in your thoughts today, and I appreciate that.